Today has been a highly anticipated and highly requested episode. I get a lot of questions about a condition that can lead to more pain. It can kind of flare up at times and then it can quiet down and then it can flare up again. So it makes it a little difficult to deal with and it can be very frustrating. And this condition can be common with osteoarthritis, whether it's in your spine, whether it's in your knee, in your hip, whenever pain impacts the way you move, this condition can come up and it can start to limit you um, just from the severity of pain and just the limitations and movements that you might experience. Now, what is this condition? This condition is sciatica. You're listening to the Adventuring with Osteoarthritis podcast. Do you want to learn how to live an active life with osteoarthritis? Hear inspiring stories from others just like you and find out the best ways to naturally tackle joint pain. This podcast has you covered. There are so many possibilities that your healthcare provider may not be telling you about and surgery isn't always the answer. This podcast is not medical advice. Now... Here's your host, doctor of physical therapy and osteoarthritis specialist, Alyssa Kewen. There's been a lot of um, misconceptions about sciaticas. A lot of times it gets misdiagnosed, Um, but I brought on one of my fellow PT friends and we are going to talk about sciatica, what you can do to prevent it from happening, because a lot of times you see it resurge and you start to experience symptoms, even if it's been a few years, and what you can do for it. So I want to introduce you to Dr. Emily Warren, who is a physical therapist here in Utah as well. And Emily, if you just want to go ahead and give us a little bit of background and what you specialize in. Yeah, thanks, Alyssa. And thanks for having me on. This is fun. I like to collaborate with other PTs, (laughs) keep people moving. Um, Yes, I'm a physical therapist. I've been a PT for over 10 years. And currently, I own my own practice, helping people resolve back pain, avoid surgery and injections and stay active. So I primarily specialize in the spine and I converge a lot of different uh, methods, primarily using the McKinsey method for um, getting people's down uh, pain down quickly and then helping them understand their pain, what's driving it and giving them some other tools in their tool belt to help help manage it and prevent it um, in the future so they can stay active for the long haul. So that's a little bit about myself. And very similar to all of the things that we believe here at Keep the Adventure Alive, um, which is another reason why I wanted to bring you on. Now, I want to just talk first about if somebody came to you and said, I was told I have sciatica, or maybe I was looking online and I think I have sciatica. How would you describe the condition to somebody? Um, or mm-hmm. if somebody's listening and perhaps doesn't quite know what it is, what how would you start by describing that? Yeah, so great question. Um, so sciatica is typically, it's a People use it very broadly, the term, and actually it's a bit more narrow than what we use it. So sciatica is often thrown at like any pain down the leg, um, and it's actually not. Sciatica is pain down the leg that involves the um, sciatic, sciatic nerve, which courses through the buttocks. It comes from the lumbar spine and the sacral 
um, nerve roots and then courses through the buttocks down the back of the leg. And um, usually typical, like the actual technical presentation of sciatica is when the sciatic nerve is involved. So that can be pain down the leg, into the calf, or even the side or front of the um, lower leg into the top of the foot, or it could be the side of the foot. So um, it's really sciatic nerve involvement. So it kind of gets tricky because sometimes we throw that term at it and it's actually not sciatica. So the things, if I can go, go ahead and go into what my brain does when someone starts saying I have sciatica, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking, okay, what I ask them what their symptoms are like. And I'm usually wanting to know is this, cause it kind of can be like four kind of causes if it's tissue related, meaning physical, like the structure, right? Um, lumbar spine, it could definitely be coming from the lumbar spine. And I want to know, um, what do movements of the back do to people's symptoms? Does it make it worse? Does it make it better? That kind of thing. And that gives me some good hints of, oh, this is actually coming from the low back. And that is sciatica whenever it's more of a, um, origin of the back, the low back. Okay. Now it could also be, um, muscle tension, like tension in the tissues. So, um, like the piriformis syndrome, right? We all know piriformis syndrome and, um, that can also be a, a cause of symptoms down the leg as well. Um, tension in that piriformis muscle, which the sciatic nerve kind of dives down underneath the, the piriformis. And explain muscle. just where that is just for somebody who might not know what yes. it is in your butt. So <laughs> the piriformis, it is in your butt. It, ta- it attaches from the pelvis. So it would say like the sacrum, the base of the sacrum, um, on the backside. Um, I'm going to just bend. Uh, yeah. So backside, like right here. And then it courses over towards the hip. So the, um, that is, or the top of the femur bone. So like your hip joint. So that's where the piriformis muscle is. And if there's tension there, that can create symptoms down the leg. Also a couple other things. There could be some pelvic floor tension. So if there's symptoms down the leg, I want to know, is this lumbar spine? Is this more piriformis irritation, right? Could it be pelvic floor? Okay. So there's some deep muscles that are pretty close to the piriformis um, that can be super tense and tight and can cause symptoms in the hamstring too, in the hip, deep in the hip. So there's a lot of things to tease out. Don't want to make it super complicated, but this is where my brain goes. And then um, lastly, the hip joint. I want to clear the hip joint as well, because that can refer pain to, but typically typical hip pain is more in the front, like the groin front of the thigh. So, but I'm just kind of teasing those things out. So when someone says I have sciatica, I really ask what kind of symptoms do you have? Where is it? Where are the symptoms? When does it come on? Right. And, um, is the spine cause that's more sciatica, true sciatica, or is it the other things like some tension that we can actually deal with And all of these things, all of those situations, movement helps. It just has to be targeted movement. Right. So it's like, Ooh, what kind of movement do you need? That's what we're trying to get at here. So, um, that is a long answer to your short <laughs> no, question. I, like it. <laughs> I think it's important to also note from that that it's a little bit more complicated than just doing like, if you were to search online, sciatica, maybe relief or sciatica exercises, a lot of times you're given a stretch of the piriformis, or a lot of times you're just given some generic things. 
but it can be much more complicated than that. And especially if you are dealing with, say, recurring sciatica, like maybe it goes away for a little while or recurring, I guess, symptoms that are proposed to be sciatica. Um, you're dealing with these things and then it goes away for a little while, but then it comes back. It's important to get an understanding and to really get your movement levels assessed. Because like you were just mentioning, the way your hip moves. So if you have hip arthritis and the way your hip moves has changed, maybe it's gotten tight. If you have knee arthritis and maybe you're limping now or your movement has changed or you have back pain, back tightness, and your movement has changed, your posture has changed. There are so many different factors that can go into this pain down the leg, aside from just it's your sciatic nerve and you just need to stretch that piriformis muscle that we were talking about. So especially if you've noticed this resurgence or have been really limited by the sciatica pain, it's so important to get at least an assessment of how you're moving because there's not just one thing that's going to help relieve this pain. Although there are a few things that can be very helpful for a lot of people, which we are going to discuss next, um, it is important to really kind of personalize that treatment. So going along those lines, what are maybe some of the movements that you start with? And I know it's going to depend on the symptoms a little bit, but if you just want to, a lot of the common symptoms that you see, what are maybe some of the movements that can be helpful? Yes. So um, let's say, okay, so for the back, and I just want to offer some really helpful things for people. So I will offer um, like a free download people can have on exercises for sciatica. Um, So movements that help. So all um, movement in general is good. It's when we're, when, um, when there's so much pain involved, we tend to compensate, right? And then we create these um, patterns that are not helpful. And then, so for instance, like um, if someone's having a lot of pain down a leg, we're offloading a bit, we get a bit shifted over. And then there's even more pelvic floor tension because we're trying to compensate. And then that can make symptoms worse. So all that said, to your point of really get assessed. So that way you can get on it on the front end and not keep it, not keep tripping you up. So movements that I love, um, ooh, where could we go here? Um, it's, it kind of depends on people's presentation, I'll say, and how they, um, how they respond to movements because everyone's a little different. So disclaimer, everyone's a little different. This might not be helpful for a lot of people, but in general for sciatic pain, typical sciatica. Okay. A lot of people need more extension in their lives. And I'm talking low back extension. So let's th- let's say um, flexion is more bending forward, sitting in your chair, sitting in your car. You're flexing that low back. There's nothing bad with flexion. We just do it a lot, right? So extension is actually super, super helpful. I'll just say broadly for people with sciatica type symptoms. But again, this is a variable But in general, I would say if you can do more like things that are on your feet, like walking, um, uh, running, even I know if you're in a lot of pain, you're probably not going to choose running. Right. But anything that's like walking, hiking, you're up on your feet instead of um, biking. Nothing wrong with biking. I love biking, but I'm just saying like the movements that typically help and that I give people. Sure. So even like in, um, say, elliptical or yep. say even just like seated 
arching your back and then going through like in so there are a lot of ways even just without because sometimes um a lot of times people have pain standing in a prolonged period of time but it's that movement aspect that i think is important if yes. getting yourself out of this kind of rounded posture and a lot of times when you're in pain you want to sit more you want to rest more but really it's that movement piece of being changing your postures which i think exactly. is exactly yeah and i would say a couple of my other go-tos for people with sciatic pain Depends on how they respond, but I would say lay on your belly. If you're really symptomatic and you're um, having some pretty good pain down, you're like, lay on your belly. Okay. Cause you are getting some um, type of extension through the spine. And a lot of people can't tolerate that. So I kind of build it up. And this is where the one to one really works with people. But laying on your belly is good with, if you're flared. Um, and then building up to like doing some like kind of Cobra poses where you're, you're extending your spine a little bit. Um, but that's over time, especially if you're really flared up, but those are my go-tos now that's from the spine. And so let's talk about like, if it's actually more performance related. Okay. So, um, that those are my go-tos for the spine. But if you, um, notice, I, I think the people that have uh, a lot of people with sciatic pain tend to go for hamstring stretching and they go for piriformis stretching, like that figure four where you put your ankle on your knee and you bend forward. And sometimes they may notice this actually is not helping over time. And if that's not helping for you, it might be low back. Okay. And you're actually not really doing the movements that you need to. I'm glad they're doing movements and I'm glad they're trying. But um, if it's piriformis related, then let's do some deep hip stretching. Okay. And even some gent, and you can do this seated where you're putting your ankle on your opposite knee and leaning forward. Those ones that I was describing gentle hamstring stretching, and it can be dynamic too. So, and you do a lot of these type of exercises. And I love that about your programs is that, um, you are moving gently first, like just really getting the joints warmed up. I think that's great, especially if you're not, if it's more tightness in the hip driving it doing some gentle um, warm-ups where you're moving the joints in all directions, nice and easy. And then you get into bigger motions and you can hold a bit. You can um, end with more of a static stretch. So I would always say, start with a little bit more dynamic where you're like, um, and an example, let's just say an example would be you're standing at your kitchen counter, hold onto the counter. And then you're just swinging your leg forward and back, right? Side to side, you can do leg swings, right? or um, steps, you can go outside, that kind of thing. And then you can do more of a static stretch after that. That's really, really good for getting that blood flow going so, to the joint. Yes. So no, that's awesome. Those are my top ones. Um, and I want to know if you see a lot of people that say have osteoarthritis, primarily of the hip and or knee, and do you see any connection with and if so, I probably already know the answer to this because um, a lot of compensations can impact that. But when it comes to osteoarthritis, of course, people do tend to reduce their physical activity, tend to change the way they're moving because of pain, because of tightness that may be ensuing stiffness. So are there any considerations 
specifically to people that maybe are dealing with a stiff knee or a stiff hip, a stiff back. You did kind of mention just some general gentle movement, but are there any other considerations for somebody listening that has osteoarthritis, has been dealing with pain for a while, then all of a sudden they start getting this pain down their leg? Or is there any like just general advice that just to be helpful and how to perhaps shift the mindset of pain. Even. Yeah. 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 Really good. Good question. Cause that's super common. Like just that we have pain, we want to avoid it. Right. And so we do everything we can to avoid it. And then we're also fearing, where is this going to go? Am I going to get worse? What do I need to do to not get worse? Right. So that's very, very common in general. So I would start with like big pick, big picture encouragement, like, um, Yes, you found this thing on an image, right? You have OA. Um, Or for me, it'd be like you found degenerative disc disease in your back, right? But the imaging may or may not be um, very helpful with figuring out why you're having pain and what we can do to get out of it, okay? So all that said, I would say, let's remember that all tissues heal in the body, okay? all tissues can change, right? We're not the solid brick walking around. We have blood moving through us. Our, our bodies are bent toward, or like are wanting to heal. They're going to heal. We just need to know that we can keep moving and we can find pain-free movement patterns or pain-free movements, or at least as minimal as possible. And that's where we need to start. So I would say Remember that tissues heal. Remember that you can always learn, right? And just having a good person supporting you through that is really, really helpful. Like you and your programs, you're helping people kind of get out of that mindset of like, oh, this is something that's going to haunt me the rest of my life. I can't do what I want to do, you know? And so I would just say, um, keep moving, right? Find, let's find somewhere where you can start. Okay, let's find a good baseline for you. So set some baselines where you're like, you know what? I'm super stiff. I don't feel like I can go out and walk a mile, but let's find a baseline that you can start with and do it maybe every day. And let's just like start grading that up. So if that's like doing some sit to stands from a high surface first to build up the quads and then you stand in your kitchen and you're just pacing, you know, like you're taking steps. So I'd say, Yeah, let's, I think everyone can start somewhere, wherever they're at. And so we just need to find where that level is for you. And then we're going to work on building that up. And over time, as you build up, not only your physical capacity, because it will happen, like your tissues adapt, they're going to get stronger. If you keep putting a load on them, like a good load, not like you're going out and getting underneath a barbell yet. Um, But if you keep putting the load on them, they're going to change. They're just going to. They're, that's what they're set to do. It's not like they're going to atrophy with doing that. Um, and your confidence is going to get better and you're going to learn like what pain is good, where I can push into this a little bit. And like, cause you're going to come, there's going to be some pain, especially if you're dealing with OA and a history of like kind of avoiding the movement. Right. Um, so you're going to have to find that relationship and you coach people really well too on like, what's a good pain. And where, where can you play with it a little bit? And then what's like, uh, I pushed it too far and I might not sleep well because my joints are going to be really, t- really, really exhausted tonight. So I don't know if that's a direct question to uh, answer to your um, question, but I would say encourage, 
I just want to encourage people that tissues heal, tissues change. They're going to adapt if you load it in whatever way that you can get to loading it. Give me something, right? Give me some knee kicks. Give me some ball squeezes, whatever. It's going to change. And so just like expect it to. Yeah. And I think that an important point on top of that is pain is indicating that you have to make a change somewhere. So say when you, if you start experiencing sciatica pain, you have to make a change to what you're currently doing. Continuing to do what you normally do may not, or probably will not change the pain. So you have to think a lot of the suggestions that you just mentioned, how can you change your movement? Is it, do I need to walk more? If walking feels good, do I need to increase that just a little bit and see where that, see how that feels? Do I need to add in a couple of movements throughout the day to reduce stiffness, which then will increase my um, gait, which will make my gait or your walking easier, your walking pattern, or there's all kinds of different things. And you mentioned a lot of really great suggestions. And I think it's just, conceptualizing. Okay. I, if you are, have been dealing with osteoarthritis, then you get these new symptoms of sciatica. Okay. What do I need to do to change? Have I changed anything in the past? Like, have you started walking more and then developed this start just to kind of reflect and think about changing your movement in the future, but also looking back and seeing maybe what has changed that maybe has led to these symptoms. And I want to just mention that briefly um, and ask about a lot of people that I have talked to that have osteoarthritis may have experienced sciatica sometime in their past, but are also worried about it coming back or maybe have experienced it actually coming back. Is there anything you can do to work to prevent it from recurring or at least reduce the risk of it coming back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, everyone has, a, or I will say a lot of people have different causes for their sciatica, but I would say, um, this is really broad and really simple, but keep moving your joints in all ranges, especially the back. Okay. So, um, a lot of times over time we stop moving into these ranges we could go because it might just feel threatening. Now this is Side note, if you have osteoporosis, that's like um, a severe osteoporosis. I wouldn't want you to do like all these ranges without like someone coaching you through it. So that's everyone has different conditions. But to prevent it, um, moving your spine in all directions. Movement. I don't know. I mean, and because it's getting blood flow, it's getting the um, all the good stuff going. And um, I'll just say broadly, that's the best thing you can do. So, and I will provide a handout where it shows you some of my simple go-tos for the low back, what I like to give people. And, um, but that's the best thing people can do is keep moving. But if you really, if it keeps tripping you up, um, then there might be something that you haven't addressed yet, like what you're saying, but, um, keep moving, keep and, um, move in ways that are really, really, um, helpful for you that you love. And then, um, there's some basic exercises I'll give your followers to that you can do just to, um, move the joints in a way that they typically don't go during the day. That's actually really, really helpful for, um, back pain and sciatica pain. 
and sure. prevent it. And I think that it's also important to note that your back doesn't just move like any bending and, st- and like standing up straight. Mm-hmm. Because when people have osteoarthritis, it typically becomes, okay, just go out and walk for exercise. Like that's all that is safe to do. But your back, like you can rotate your back. Like think about the last time, like, I mean, sometimes when you're like playing sports or you're maybe doing, working out in a gym or you're, I don't know, even sometimes being very social or something, you were very active in the community. Um, you get that rotation. Like, I mean, somewhat of twisting or rotating side to side. Right. But then also like bending side to side, like different things that you don't typically think about. I mean, I just feel like we just move, we have just been programmed to move. And especially when you're dealing with pain in this forward direction, like you're moving in a, in a one directional uh, yes movement, I guess. Yeah. Just so, one plane of movement. Yes. Flexion, one plane, yes. <laughs> so you don't get a lot of that. Mo- I mean, even mm-hmm. it goes right to the neck too. Like we don't like turn totally. your head side to side, like maybe when you're driving, but um, so your body just gets used to this and then it tightens up and can impact the way that your um, the way that your body's responding. Yes. So I think that it's so important that you said, keep moving and it's challenging those different planes of motion, that rotation, mm-hmm. that bending, maybe further forward than you usually do, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of thinking about, again, that variety that I harp on continuously, that variety is moving side to side and different things, but it's also moving your body in different ways. And I think one thing that will be helpful for that is being open-minded to try new things, um, that sometimes you get into this mindset of, well, I have pain that's not going to work for me, or I can't do that. But it's just being open-minded to say, oh, you know, maybe I could try that and see how it feels. And of course, we're not going to put you in a position that's going to be dangerous for you, but it just may be scary at first because you haven't done it in a while. So I think that absolutely they keep moving and adding that variety and moving your spine in different ways is so incredibly important. Yes, totally. And And I will say, can I say, add something to that? Absolutely. Um, one thing I would even recommend your followers to experiment with if they haven't, and if they're having like chronic back issues or even just chronic pain, um, movement practices like Tai Chi and Qigong are very good for that. So if, um, they want gentle practices, right. And they're not ready for these big movements, but they want to move the joints in all directions and like a pain free way. It's different. It's sensory rich. Like you're getting these different cues that us in the Western world don't typically do. We're like, what sure. your body? Like what? Um, I actually prescribe, um, some of my clients depending on their pain and how they're responding. Um, I prescribe Tai Chi and Qigong. It's called Qigong. It's, um, just a really good range of motion practice. It's really sure. gentle and it gets into your nervous system too. It definitely taps into the nervous system. So if anyone wants to experiment with that, um, that's what something I would recommend too. If you struggle with some chronic pain or OA, anyone really would um, benefit from it. Um, especially for people who are a little more timid with jumping into exercise and lifting, right? Start somewhere, yeah. start, tr- try type Google, I don't know, YouTube type. Tai I'm sure YouTube say. has tons of, <laughs> tons of small routines and things to try yeah. and tons of different options. And that's, that's awesome. I mean, the whole goal of this podcast is really just to show that there are options and provide you with some options to try. And I think that is an 
absolutely awesome um, option because it's been shown also to help with osteoarthritis just in general. Like you had mentioned, it just, it's not only, you know, showing different spine movements and things, but it's also helping to really say, oh, wow, I can actually move and I don't have to always experience pain because that's the ultimate goal that we want to get to, to build that confidence and movement again. Mm-hmm. So if somebody is listening right now and they're perhaps dealing with sciatica pain, or maybe I've had it in the past, what are maybe some parting words that you would like to say to them? Um, their movement is medicine and you just need to find the right targeted movement first to get you out over that hump um, and find a good um, person you can work with that can help help you understand what's going on and what you need to do to get out of it. Okay. So it doesn't, it even, um, for most people, I don't even need to put my hands on them to help them and help them find what um, will get their symptoms down. And so movement is best. Let's just find the tools that you need. So there's definitely hope if you're struggling with, um, sciatica that's lasted a long time, then let's, um, there's, there's reasons for that. And we can find that actually. And so, um, you can get out of pain. I just say like tissues heal, um, our, our body heals, right. And our, our brain changes. We always learn. It's always wanting to rewire and learn so people can get out of pain. Right. And it might be this thing that kind of comes back, but if we have the tools to use like some movement tools, right. And even mindfulness tools, whatever, to help them get out of that, then that's so empowering for people. They don't have to go and do surgery or they don't, I mean, surgery is actually helpful for some things for sure. I'm not anti-surgery, but I'm just saying there's so many options and most of us can get out of it, you know, especially without surgery. So absolutely. And of course, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I also agree with that. There is certainly a time and a place for surgery, but there also is hope and research does point to even in back pain, um, point to trying conservative measures first. It's always worth a try to see if your body will respond to it positively. Just like anything else, it's not always 100% accurate and it's not always 100% effective, but movement's not necessarily going to inhibit your surgical um, process either because the stronger you go into it, the stronger you go out of it. So there's nothing really to lose trying movement first. Um, And if somebody is interested in one, working with you, where are you located? And then if not, if they're not in Utah or not near us, where can they find you? Mm-hmm. Um, I, if they want to work with me, I provide virtual or in person. So coaching or physical therapy. So within the state of Utah and I'm licensed in Oklahoma, but they can also find me. I have a, a website, Emily Warren, DPT.com or, um, Instagram. i mainly post mostly to Instagram. Um, and my tag is Dr. Emily Warren, DPT. And on my website, and I think on my Instagram as well, the bio, I have some free freebies for you guys. If you want to um, download those that help you understand more of some exercises you can do for some specific conditions. And I'll be providing that for your followers too. So that will be a freebie for you guys. Um, some exercises for sciatica. 
Perfect. And I will put all of those links down below. So if you're listening, go to the show notes and you can see the links on how to follow her and then also how to get the free guide on the sciatica exercises. And then if you're watching on YouTube, it'll just be down in the description below. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And I hope that if you're listening and or watching that you found this helpful and maybe took away some tidbits to help you manage sciatica or to prevent it from reoccurring. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Adventuring with Osteoarthritis podcast. If this podcast has brought you hope and inspiration, make sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Also, if you're looking for more information on how to start your own arthritis adventure, head to www.keeptheadventurealive.com or follow me on YouTube by searching Alyssa Arthritis Adventure. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A arthritis adventure. We'll see you next time.